So this week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring John Martellero of the Mac Observer with a variety of things to talk about. A little bit later, we'll hear from Peter Cohen, outspoken podcaster and commentator in a special Encore segment. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. So John Martellero of the Mac Observer has been absent without official leave for the past few months. He has been working overtime, and we're glad to have him back. And I wanted to ask him a bunch of questions here. So the big story we always hear is Apple should buy this company. I've heard them oh, buy Time Warner before AT&T scooped in, buy Tesla, buy Netflix. Why would Apple want to buy Netflix? What's your opinion about all these crazy dreams? Well, there was a time when it might have been smart to buy Netflix in the past. But I think Apple probably decided not to because the portfolio of Netflix is not exactly the image that Apple wants to present. When Apple decided to get into the original TV content business, they they thought, you know, should we do it ourselves or should we just buy Netflix? There was a time when Apple might have thought about buying Netflix, but then I surmise that Apple would have thought about what kind of image does the portfolio present? And Apple always worries about its image and its the quality of what it does. And when Apple started thinking about doing its own TV content or buying Netflix, they thought, well, if we do our own content, we can control the caliber, the character, the content, and it will reflect well on this. Now, Apple has to make sure that they don't get besmirched as a company that builds great products and delivers services by the nature and the content of what they provide in their original TV offerings. And so even if Apple had been thinking about buying Netflix in the past, they probably thought, no, there's too much lack of discipline. There's too much gore, too much violence, too much undisciplined content that doesn't reflect well on our company. I see that. You know, I just recently saw that from an author who said, uh, Apple's got $250 billion in the bank. And if you're really going to go after this space, why not just spend that on content? Why not buy Netflix? And I thought that was singularly uninformed about Apple's corporate identity, their brand, what they try to convey to customers. And remember, legacy products, legacy people, you have to integrate that environment from Netflix, a very large company, with Apple, even if the corporate cultures could be same. Now, in terms of content, Apple obviously wants something more family-friendly. I could think of some brilliant shows on Netflix, but I don't think Sense8 would work on Apple TV+, Plus, as good a show yeah, as it that, is. Yeah, I think there are several shows that wouldn't be a good fit for Apple. But on the other hand, there is an equal and opposite consideration that almost 
offsets that. And that is that Apple is going to be in a competitive environment. And Apple is going to be charging you know, some amount of money, maybe roughly $10 a month for access to its services. And when people think about spending $10 a month every month, they have to kind of feel like they have a rich portfolio of things to choose from. And they don't want to feel coddled and they don't want to feel like they're being forced into something that's too prudish. So there is that consideration that has been raised to me. And I think it's a interesting and valid consideration, but I think Apple's brand identity offsets that. Now, we talked about this the other day, Alyssi's story, which is a Steve, based on a Stephen King novel, which is pretty gruesome. And so it would be interesting to see if Apple has maybe changed its ideas about what to offer, or maybe our perceptions of what they decided to offer have been skewed because we haven't seen any of the content yet. So we're all making guesses about what the nature of the content is going to be. But in the March 25th event, Apple talked about great stories, changing the world, quality content. And that, that could be an element as opposed to an all overreaching umbrella that says we're only going to do family-friendly stuff. So it remains to be seen how uh, Apple mixes it up. Well, even Disney has PG-13 which is probably mm-hmm. the limit, but Apple would not do R-rated, obviously. Probably not. But that allows for adult content without being too adult, if you get the picture. The thing I'm concerned about when you have something like that, say Apple charges $10 a month. Right now they have, what, two or three dozen shows in development. At least three. Yeah. Even that's not enough, because... How many of those shows are you going to want to watch? Is it worth paying $10 a month for, what, a dozen shows? It's kind of like, in a greater number anyway, CBS All Access. CBS All Access basically has, to me anyway, one show, Star Trek Discovery. There'll be a spinoff of Star Trek Next Generation with the life of Captain Picard after he leaves the Enterprise with Patrick Stewart. It's going to going to co-produce that now that's two shows say they also have a spin-off on good wife which i thought was a great show but i just think without the key character it doesn't make really much sense but even that three shows you want to pay a monthly charge what they do is they fill it out well there's with they fill it out with cbs's back content well there's a consideration on march 25th apple said something interesting they said pricing and availability will be really uh, divulged in the fall Pricing could mean an introductory period where it's free and you get to grow with the service over a period of time. And you may start with maybe 35 shows, but by the time the summer of 2020 rolls around, they might have 80 or 90 shows. And so they'll say six months free and then give people a chance to get hooked, get a taste. If they develop a signature show like HBO has with Game of Thrones, then there'll be some chatter on the internet. People will go, oh, you got to see this. This is the best show. This, this is worth $10 a month by itself. So there's, there's those elements that play into it. Just a point of fact here, Game of Thrones is coming up to its final season. And there was a great SNL skit about it where they showed spinoff shows, possible spinoff shows from Game of Thrones. And the one I thought was most funny was Game of Thrones Special Victims Unit 
where they actually <laughs> feature Mariska Hargitay and Ice-T from The Real Show doing a little one-minute bit. I thought that was really, really funny. But you get the point that. here. How far can you extend the brand with spinoffs? I don't know. I've never seen Game of Thrones. It's not that it wouldn't be a great show for me. It's not that it doesn't fit into the kind of shows I watch. I just never got into it. My wife read the book, and she got turned off by all the good characters getting killed off. So she said, no, I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to watch the TV series because too many people die. Too many people you don't want to die, die. So I thought that's depressing. It's no fun when your favorite characters are killed off. We kind of saw that in The Good Wife, where one of the key characters was shot and killed. And in some other series like Blue Bloods, the detective's wife is killed between seasons because she left the show. In Arrow, Felicity Smoke character, Emily Bett Rickards, she's leaving the show this year. They're going to have a short season next year. So we assume they're going to kill her off because it's a very violent show. Do fans really like it when a key character is killed off? I just saw that on Saving Hope. I've been watching a series, a Canadian series. That's a medical show. And also sci-fi. You ever heard of a sci-fi medical show? It's cool. Anyway, one of the doctors leaves. He goes off to become a werewolf in another series, so they had to figure out a way to, to move him out of the show, and so they blew him up with a hand grenade <laughs> that, he, oh, that he pulls from a patient's body. <laughs> Saving Hope, is that the one with Erica Durance, who played yes. Lois Lane on Smallville? Then she went to play Supergirl's mother last season on Supergirl. John Martellero of the Mac Observer is here to regale us. Lots more coming on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637.
Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So, John. We all saw the Apple event. We know about Apple TV+. Plus. The other thing I wanted to mention about that with regard to the event, we have the Apple TV, which is, you know, not selling near as well as Roku or Amazon. Of course, it costs more, obviously. I'm not saying that Apple isn't charging a fair price. But now Apple is licensing, what, iTunes and AirPlay 2 to a number of TV makers, the major TV makers. Vizio, LG, Sony, Samsung. In fact, the fellow from Vizio was telling me the other day they already have a beta version available if you own a Vizio TV from 2016 onward. With SmartCast, join the beta test. But if you can get all of Apple's content, or most of it, other than the games in Apple TV that nobody plays, if you get all of Apple's content, at least the key elements in your smart TV set, millions and millions and millions of them, and Roku and Amazon Fire, why would you buy an Apple TV? Dolby Vision. Um, I think it was only recently that Roku went 4K and Dolby Vision. I could be wrong. It may not still have Dolby Vision, but that was, that's, that's been the enduring reason to date. Some people don't care and some people are obsessed with it. I'm one of those people who's obsessed 
with it and you and also there's dolby atmos supported on the apple tv so it's got everything you could possibly need it's got future support built-in software support for hlg hybrid log gamma it supports hdr10 it supports dolby vision and dolby atmos and it's got a very secure operating system tv os so what's not to like about that to some people, the price. Some people don't care. A lot of people don't care. I'll give you an example of that today. I was over at Walmart picking up a prescription, and I see somebody stuffing a couple of TV sets into the rear hatch of his car. And I said, boy, you're, you know, you're filling out the living room. And he said, they have special 55-inch TV, $160, 4K. Wow. I said, you're not getting much. You're not going to get HDR. And he says, I, he knows what HDR is. Yeah, but these are for my kids. They'll play their games on it. It doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter if I have to buy a new one in, in a year or two. He doesn't care. He bought that set because it helps. With, with HDR for two ninety nine. Well, okay. But he wanted 160 Pretty Think cool. about that. Cool. A lot of people wouldn't care. Yeah, it's like audio. We went through that phase with MP3s. And audio files freaked because AAC is so much better. But a lot of people can't hear the difference, don't care if they do hear the difference. There's room for everyone. Point is here that it is true that Apple is catering to a higher end customer who wants a premium television service. And no doubt, if I took the best 4K HDR TV and put the Roku box on one, and played the same content with Apple TV, it'd probably sound and look a bit better. Is the difference worth a difference for most people? That's the point I've been bringing up. Well, I think uh, customer preferences and price points are all over the map. To your point about working with TV manufacturers, I don't see that as a demise of the Apple TV. I just see it as a augmentation of Apple's revenue. They sell hardware, they sell services. The more they sell, the more you buy. Speaking of services, all right, so we know about Apple TV Plus. This is an upfront presentation, kind of the equivalent of what the TV networks do when they introduce their key shows to advertisers. So this is introducing key shows, not just to the public, I suspect very much to the industry saying, look who we have now. Mm-hmm. Why don't you get on board and join us? You agree? Yep. Yep. I think there was a lot of criticism that Apple didn't show trailers for any of the content and they didn't announce pricing, but that was not the purpose of that event. What's your appetite? Well, I think the appetite's what I would, you know, want to look at it. I think the big deal here to me is how many services can you support? Originally, people got involved in Netflix and such is they wanted to cut the cable cord. Every year, the cable company charges more money. That's not always their fault. It's the fault of the entertainment companies who charge is carrier fees. And they raise and the their prices. Want to show they raise their to prices. And they can't do it. Through. The carriers want also, in addition, the carriers want to show growth to the shareholders. And they can't do it because there's too much churn. So their, their audience is pretty stable. So the only way to show financial growth is to raise prices. Of course, because right now, 
you don't have any growth in the cable and satellite industry. But if you start losing more customers because of the price or because the alternatives are more compelling, that's a factor. Also see, by the way, some cable providers bundle Netflix with their cable boxes. The Xfinity box. That's how they can advertise 4K. No, it's not. not The cable companies don't have 4K. 4K The cable companies don't know what 4K is yet. Xfinity has one. I think it's called the X1 Comcast. 4K? And DirecTV has an HR54, which will deliver 4K video, but it's usually just their on-demand movies because there isn't a lot of 4K network content or cable content. It's all streaming. But I was talking about Netflix. I was talking about Netflix specifically. The Contour Box from Cox does not have 4K unless they change it. They're not advertising 4K. They do advertise having Netflix. The point is here is that Netflix used to be the alternative. That's what my son uses. He lives in Spain. He has a tablet, an Amazon tablet, Fire tablet, and that's his TV set. What is it? Nine, ten inches. And just we forget that back in the 50s, a 10-inch TV was a big screen. So he has his 10-inch TV and he watches Netflix. And that's his TV budget for the month. If you're cutting the cord, a lot of the reason is you want to save money. You don't want to pay the higher and higher fees. It doesn't matter why they're doing it. You don't want to pay it. You have other obligations. You want to watch TV. You try these standalone services. So maybe Netflix and HBO or Showtime. Or maybe you add Hulu or you add... CBS All Access, but then you suddenly have Apple TV Plus, you have Disney, which is going to get some content from Netflix because all the Marvel shows are going to go. Disney now owns 40% of the motion picture industry. So that's going to be a compelling service. How many services can we handle? There's two aspects to that. One is that I think people can pretty much figure out what content they want to watch at what service. So then they pick and choose and they decide it's moving into part two to just blow off what the stuff that they can't afford. I think there's an emerging realization that you can't have it all. There's just too much content out there. I mean, I couldn't possibly watch all of Netflix's content in my lifetime. And I subscribed to Amazon Prime and Netflix. And I have iTunes through the Apple TV 4K. Teach yourself to just go without. We're not going to go without. We're going to have another segment with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. 
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump says because congressional Democrats refuse to change immigration laws, he's thinking seriously about releasing illegal immigrants into so-called sanctuary cities. He said if cities like New York, Chicago, and San Francisco are willing to protect illegal immigrants, they can have all of them direct from the border. We'll bring them to sanctuary city areas and uh, let that particular area take care of it. Authorities in sanctuary cities refuse to enforce federal immigration law. Opponents of the president's plan to ship migrants far from the border call it dehumanizing, costly, and possibly illegal. Oakland, California Mayor Libby Schaft says the Trump administration wants to attack the president's enemies in democratic strongholds that don't fall in line with his extreme immigration policies. This is USA Radio News. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next.
secret about Amazon Prime? I don't know. What is it? If you pay by the month, it's like $12.99 or $14.99. If you are income capped or have any government service such as food stamps or Medicare or Medicaid, you know, the expanded Medicaid, they will have the price for you if you send them evidence. They'll charge you half as much. So maybe if you have a relative who is receiving some government service, put the account on their name. Half as much for Amazon Prime. Still quite a deal. You know, if you look at Amazon Prime and all of the things that they provide, Amazon Prime TV, movies, um, let's see, music, free two-day shipping. And I think there's some other things thrown in there, too. And they charge you, if you pay yearly, about 115 a year, which is, what, $12 a month? No, $10 a month. So Apple is going to be hard-pressed to break into this business competing against Amazon Prime by charging $10 a month for news, $10 a month for gaming, $10 a month for music, and $10 a month for Apple TV. That's $40 a month. That's $500 a year compared to Amazon Prime at $115. How are exactly going to react my to that? point? How many services can we manage? Well, yeah. And, and how hard will it be to disengage? I had an idea a while back for a really nice iOS app that would provide little uh, toggle switches and you could just turn any service on and off. It's just a slider. That would be cool. Well, I know with Netflix, you can quit. And as long as you return within six months or so, they will keep your preferences, settings, watch shows, whatever. You can start where you left off. And to me, that is a way to save money because you go on there, watch all the shows you want. You binge watch for a few weeks, a few months, then you quit again for six months. Giving you all the tricks of the trade. Let's look at some other things at the Apple event. Apple News Plus. We have an Apple News app, and it's got content from different services, except I think anything from the Wall Street Journal, you got to go through their paywall. Apple News Plus, you'll get a special consumer-oriented version of the Wall Street Journal. The Washington Post, or the Amazon Washington Post, as some people call it. The Washington Post and the New York Times do not participate. They have their own digital service. And by the way, if you have Amazon Prime, you get a big discount on the Washington Post. But anyway, so we're going to have this News Plus with 300 magazines or something, is that too much? I can live with Google News and I can live with Apple News without the plus. Well, again, I think people will pick and choose their favorites. Uh, at first blush, your reaction is, how am I going to read 300 magazines a month? That's not what's going to happen. People are going to pick their five or so favorites, focus on those. And because there's so many to choose from, Apple's guaranteed a wide audience. I heard that they had 200,000 people sign up in the first 48 hours. I think it's soon going to be in the millions. And what this does is it provides a greater circulation for the magazine. And so they can raise their ad rates because they have more visitors and viewers. So I think that's going to go well. Apple News Plus. Arcade, I don't know about. I'm not a gamer. We had some conversation about that with Peter Cohen. So I'm going to pass through Arcade. Now, I think the criticism here about the presentation was that Apple didn't offer enough meat. 
But then again, I go with the upfront presentation concept for the show business. Let's move beyond that. I think there's a lot of other stuff we have to talk about here. And one of them is iTunes, this big monolithic app. (laughs) But if you have, if you go on your iPhone or iPad, it's divided. (laughs) It's divided into several smaller apps. The question being here is, does Apple do the same thing on the Mac? Well, we have some evidence that maybe that's going to happen. A very shrewd, very smart developer, Steve Troughton-Smith, has found evidence uh, that Apple's going to do that in source code. So I think it's about time. The question is, which order did that occur in? Did Apple stall on code factoring iTunes in the past few years because they knew Marzipan was coming? Or did Marzipan create an opportunity for Apple to finally do what they wanted to do, but it was too hard? I read an article a while back that uh, iTunes is incredibly complex and fragile, and ripping out whole swaths of code can break it because of interdependencies of the code and lack of modularization. So code factoring would be like rewriting it. And so I think Apple said, well, rather than rewrite it, We'll just build new apps in Marzipan and go from there. Of course, I, the article that pointed to this was Gouli Harami Rambo at 9to5Mac, and he pointed out that we'll probably still need iTunes, a simpler version, hopefully, cleaner, simpler for iPhone, iPod, and iPad syncing and encrypted backups to our Macs. So we're going to have a, an iTunes going forward into the future until... Apple decides to rename its uh, iSync or some special name. Well, remember, too, more Apple customers are familiar with iTunes as separate apps than they are with a Mac because there are more people with iPhones and iPads. That's true. That's true. I imagine for a lot of people, they bought their phone first, and then they they backed up to cloud and and, uh, didn't need a Mac, and then they got into college or something or got a new job and decided that they needed a Macintosh. And they look at iTunes and they go, holy cow, (laughs) what is this? How do I use it? I need a whole book. But you have to remember, too, I can't see it that way because I've been using iTunes from the day that Jeffrey Robin was acquired by Apple with SoundJam Plus, and they Mm -hmm. developed iTunes. Oh, yeah. I've been using it since the first day. Me too. So I've been using it for what? Was it 2001 and now or 2000? So it's 18 or 19 years. It doesn't make a difference to me at this point. I know what I have to do and I do it. And that's it. But for people who haven't used iTunes, I can see where it's a big thing. Yeah. I agree. So much of perspective there. Let's continue with a few other topics that are compelling in this strange world out there. You have an article here, and I'd like to go into length on this because we're almost ready to run out of the segment. Remember, with Apple, things are never as they appear. Who knows what lurks behind the magic curtain? Yeah, I, uh, I told a story in this article about my career. Years ago, I was working on a combat simulator at uh, a military base and we had 
many team members and each was responsible for a piece of it. And we were all sure that our code was good and we were sure the syncing and the predictive code was good and the decision tables were good and we got surprising results every once in a while. And we had to learn to live with that, that it was deeper than any one of us could understand. I mean, when you're just working in engagement physics like I am, you may not understand some of the other details of the simulation, like event sequencing. So it's possible for a simulation or any piece of large software with a couple hundred thousand or a million lines of code to do startling and unexpected things. And when you dig down into it, you find that the code is working right. It's just that the aggregation of all the logic of the code is opaque on a human scale. Well, Apple is like that. Apple's a trillion dollar company. They have 13,000 employees. They don't talk much about what they're doing internally. We don't have much visibility, except for every once in a while, somebody like Stephen Levy does an in-depth interview inside Apple Park or something like that. But he hasn't done that. But I mean, that kind of example. You know, we're going to have more of this. We'll have more of this in our next segment. Things are never what they seem to be with Apple. More to come with John Martellaro on the Mac on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-213-9264 Call right now before it's too late. 800-213-9264
Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Compliment your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Anyway, we'll continue. Things are not as they seem in Apple. Let's go into more detail, John. So I think when people observe Apple, even people who are fairly experienced observers of Apple, they look at events and they draw a logical, obvious conclusion. And it reminds me of the old saw about for every problem, there's a simple, obvious and wrong solution. I think that's Arthur C. Clarke. And I think for every event at Apple, there's a simple, obvious and wrong interpretation of what they do. And I I think it's wise as I described in the article, to, to seek simple explanations, like just simply people are overworked, uh, as opposed to trying to assume that there is some sort of Machiavellian scheme going on, or incompetence, or laziness, or bad management. I mean, we struggle to interpret Apple because it's so big and so multi talented and complex and delivers so many sophisticated and complex products that um, it's hard to figure out what's going on. There, there, often there are engineering issues like we just saw with air power. And you can look at that several ways. You can look at it like, well, the engineers are not technically astute enough 
Or you can say, well, the engineers came up with an idea and they made it work. And then somebody came along and said, well, we have some quality standards we want to impose on you. And the engineers say, okay, we'll go back to the drawing board and see if we can meet your standards and re-engineer this thing. And then they ran into trouble. I was talking to somebody who has a key charger. And they said, it's very sensitive to where you place your device to be charged. You can move it a few millimeters and the charge will either happen or not happen. You have to be careful where you place it. So you can imagine Apple engineers being told by management, we want you to design it so that no matter where the iPhone or the AirPods sit, it's going to work. And they go, well, that's not the way induction coils work, sir. Well, make it happen. Well, we tried. Well, try harder. They tried harder and still couldn't make it work according to the design document or the user experience requirements. And so they had to give up on it. But everybody got all freaked out and said, oh, you know, Apple's incompetent. We don't trust them anymore. They can't deliver technology. That's hardly ever the case. Well, the point that's being emphasized here is Apple will not release a product unless it's confident it will work properly. Not that yeah. initial releases yeah. of products they don't have glitches, up. but if they can't even get the first version to work reliably, thank them for not they, releasing it. They never should have announced it in the first place. I think uh, were panicked into competing or felt like they had the answer, and then they didn't really, after further QA testing, who knows? But um, it was a, an unusual mistake for Apple to announce the product prematurely like that. I don't imagine we'll ever see that again. Well, they'll think twice next time. Maybe wait to the products further along the development cycle before they do it. I think partly because they had induction charging introduced on the iPhone. And therefore, they felt they had to have some kind of charging mechanism. And this would be the all-encompassing, super-duper, super-califragilistic-whatever. I I can say it, super-califragilistic-expialidocious. But, you know, nobody cares about old radio announcers raving and ranting. But I guess it's an object lesson for Apple. Or it just says, hey, Apple isn't perfect. They tried something. At least they didn't release a buggy product like certain people um, whose name starts with S and ends with G. You know, you know that company. They won't have the same scruples as Apple, the company whose name begins with S and ends with G. By the way, they're reporting a big shortfall in mobile earnings. Did you hear that for Samsung? No, I did not. One other thing I wanted to mention about the air power is, is that we haven't seen any of the products that Apple experimented with and sunk some R&D money into and decided that wasn't going to work and canceled it, and we never heard about those. Well, I remember years ago when they were giving out hardware units for the customer quality feedback people to test. I had an iMac, by the way. I had the first iMac. and But for a failed firmware update, I would have kept it. They would have said they didn't have a cover on the CD tray, but if they sent me the cover, it would have been perfect. They had introduced a new Power Mac in the 90s, or at least they were testing it. And it ran through a couple of months, and I got updates and everything. It was a little more powerful than existing hardware. And then one day, I get a call from the person at Apple who dealt with the CQF program, and he said, send it back. They basically trashed them all. 
the product never came out. Apple decided not to produce that product. Big deal. The world didn't end. Mm-hmm. You see, that's why John's silent. He's ah. waiting for the world to end. But that's our other show, the Paracast. We talk about that, whether the world's going to end or not. Let's get to this other subject that always, always gets in front of our faces. Every time that Facebook has another controversy, some privacy thingy that goes wrong, we have to consider these ads that Apple's doing now about privacy on the iPhone. Speak to me. You know, I've been critical of Apple's ads in the past for defocusing from the product and its virtues. Sometimes Apple falls into the normal advertising habit of wanting you to feel good about the company, uh, emphasizing its brand, and or they just haven't been able to figure out how to tell you in 30 seconds what the features of this product are and why it's better than the competition. But this Apple ad that they just came out with is one of its best ever. It's the iPhone privacy ad. It's snappy. It's interesting. It has a theme. The first thing they do is they say, all right, a theme is developed and presented. People like their privacy. Privacy matters. So you have a foundation for for the ad. Sometimes I feel like Apple doesn't have a foundation. They don't know what kind of story they're trying to tell. It's just sort of atmospheric. Oh, this person's cool. They're using this product. If I want to be cool, I should use it too. That doesn't work with a lot of technical people. But to have a firmly developed theme, people like their privacy and privacy matters. It stands out in this this ad. And then they give some real world examples that demonstrate the validity of the theme. Some are charming. Some are even outright humorous. And in tune with the music, it makes the ad particularly sparkling. And then the next thing they do is they they don't fall under the trap of bad-mouthing the competitor. They don't criticize any competitor. They just tell you you why their product delivers on the theme, delivers on the privacy that you consider important. And then finally, and it's a subtle point, and it happens very fast, but then they actually show the product that they're talking about and show it in use by a young woman. So there's no question about what the product's delivering, no question about closing the deal and and, and presenting real-world cases of people's privacy in case people thought it wasn't important anymore. And then they show the product that enhances your privacy or protects your privacy in use. And then there's a little padlock at the Apple at the end. It's kind of a punctuate, the Apple logo with a padlock on it. So the ad has a lot of elements to it that make for a really great ad. And it's been a long time since I've been so enthusiastic about the advertising qualities of an Apple ad. We all remember the What's a Computer ad, which was roundly criticized. I like this one. What bothers me about these Apple ads, a lot of them are lifestyle ads with perfectly horrible music. I'll amend that. I guess if you're 20-something, you may love that music, or maybe not. I find a lot of 20-something people who still love the Beatles, or even teens. But the music they play is horrible. It's like when you call Apple and they stick music on hold. Now, you have options there. You can choose classical or whatever. The music they choose for their standard music on hold is perfectly horrible. 
Now, I don't know. I think, I think I, you and I, I must be I must be completely out of touch. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's focused on the primary customers, those in their 30s. So I, I'm not in tune with uh, certain kinds of music anymore. I have my own preferences, piano solos and classical music. And so I'm not really a good judge of, of um, music that's played during ads directed at the youthful audience. You know what? We hear we're both obsolete. John is saying we're both obsolete. No, we're not. we got more to come. With John and Gene on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. Now, about the ability to change the music preference when you're calling Apple Tech Support, if they switch you to another person, you don't have the control anymore. Then you're forced to put up with the default music. Just saying. But you, then you find a lot of the commercials there where they're playing 60s songs and they want to show something youthful. And I said, yeah, it's youthful if I'm 65. Maybe it's because most of the current... No, that's a musical argument. I don't want to get into that. The key about privacy, though, is whenever you see something like this, somebody will say, well, Apple had this security lapse somewhere. 
and they had to patch it. Or they did this, what was it, this bug in OS X where if you were in an admin panel or something, you'd use the password, password, or no password, whatever, and it would work. No password. No password. Okay, even worse than password, password. They made a mistake. They fixed it. People make mistakes. I didn't give them a pass on that one. Oh, no, sure. they should be criticized roundly if they make a mistake. Was. The security, <laughs> password security in the Unix operating system is holy ground. And Apple messed around in a way they shouldn't have messed around and disrupted the normal security of BSD Unix. And uh, no, that was a major, major mess up. Bear in mind also, I still have problems with the way iCloud Keychain works. It's very, very inconsistent from device to device. You know, so if I'm doing something on the Mac, on the iPhone, I would hope it inherits the changes I made to a password because you have that prompt, update password. Keychain? Doesn't always work. Hmm. What can I say? I guess that's an ad for 1Password. You know, Apple should buy 1Password and give it all up. You don't think Apple should buy 1Password? I don't know about that. If they haven't done it so far, it's maybe because they're working on something on their own. That could be. Or they've decided that this is not an area where they feel like they need to be involved as a company. Third-party opportunity. Or maybe they don't like the way the security of 1Password works. Could be lots of reasons. Well, the point being here is that Apple's solution isn't working. It's really bad if you let Apple choose the password for you. Apple chooses this 13-character password, which is more gibberish than you've ever seen in your life, and you save it. Now, with this impossible-to-remember password, I go on to another device. It's in sync. It's got iCloud password turned on. It's logged into my iCloud account doesn't pick it up. I read one time that special characters and uppercase don't really matter. The only thing that matters with a password is the length of the string. Should be 13 characters or more these days. I think there's still a case to be made, if I remember my security rules right, for just having a very long memorable string. Like this is an impossibly long password. I wouldn't use the word password, maybe something else. But this code is impossibly long to remember. What is that, 30 characters? You know, I think the easiest way to do a password is just to close your eyes, touch your keyboard, and just type things, type gibberish. And then you open your eyes and look at it. That would probably be a pretty decent password. Yes, as long as it's 13 characters or longer. Sure. But then hard, it's hard to remember. So then you need a password manager like 1Password. You don't ever have to remember it. They should advertise on this show. I should contact them. One password. It's cross-platform. They should do that. Anyway, let's talk about briefly about Apple's new products. And they've got, of course, last year they finally figured out how to get an update to the Mac Mini. They need to get some updates. So they came out with an iMac update, which is now up to eight cores. Now, you have to contrast this with the current iMac. And this is not even the iMac Pro. A current iMac fully outfitted is over $5,000. I've done, I think it was 5200 I think about the fact, as I mentioned before, I beta tested the first iMac. 1998? Now think about that. 1998. It was just basically 
a simple desktop computer with a CRT screen and notebook parts. Probably a couple hundred megaflops, if that. Uh, it's a G3, Power, Power PC G3. Maybe 50 megaflops. <laughs> now, <laughs> you look at today's iMac, and the darn thing is eight cores. You put up to 64 gigabytes of memory, two terabytes solid-state drive, advanced graphics. Who could have thunk it? Yeah, but you know what's disappointing, though, is, is that in the summer of 18, Apple came out with Coffee Lake MacBook Pros. And then they waited until fall to come out with Coffee Lake Mac Mini. And then we waited and waited and still didn't get anything. And here we went to March, nine months after, eight or nine months after the July of 18. And we're still getting Coffee Lake iMacs. Now, the top two tiers of the 27-inch model are Coffee Lake Refresh, which is a sort of a half generation beyond Coffee Lake. But, and there's no T2 chip in the new 2019 IMAX. So you got to ask yourself, why did we wait nine months to deliver a, a host of machines with just Coffee Lake processors and not Coffee Lake Refresh across the board? And why no T2 chip? It's kind of disappointing. Well, certainly they saved $50 in development costs. <laughs> I understand the T2 chip speeds up things like handbrake encoding and everything. I just saw some benchmarks in a, an i9 2019 iMac competes favorably with the 2017 iMac Pro in the benchmarks that I saw. So the question here is, when does the iMac Pro get updated? Or will it be the same time as the new Mac Pro is introduced? So here it is. If you want all-in-one, you get an iMac Pro. If you want modular, you get a Mac Pro. Same That's hardware. That's a great idea. You think so? Same hardware. Just choose which one you want. What same kind right. of this machine do you want? Yeah, yeah. That's probably the reason why the 2017 iMac Pro hasn't been updated yet. Yep, make it a sister machine to the the update. Make the updated machine a sister machine to the new Mac Pro. I like that. I think it makes the purchase decision easier. It's strictly the design layout, all-in-one or modular. Mm -hmm. The rest is the same machine, same performance, all the way down. That would be very interesting, except a certain... Except that there are rumors that the Mac Pro will go ARM. Okay, we had your colleague six years. We Why had six years and come out with a Xeon-based Mac Pro when you're going to when you know you're going to go to ARM soon. Okay, we talked to your colleague, the Mac Observer, Brian Chaffin. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned this three times already, three on three different interviews. He thinks the Mac Pro is going to be ARM, and you know he said that. I course. think it's going to be ARM. Okay, so that's two of you. And you stand alone. Are there any other people in any other publication? I've talked to tidbits. I've talked to independent people. And they look at me. What? What are we talking about? But they do that anyway, even when there's not a theory like this. It sounds to me sensible at one point, being that Apple's taken this long to do something they could have done in a year or less. So why is it taking so long to build a Mac Pro? Because what 
new things can you put into a modular computer? Even the story that they were looking over workflows of professionals to try to optimize performance. I understand that, but it's not going to take them five years. So that makes sense. On the other hand, I would have thought that the first ARM-based Mac would be like a MacBook. Start at the bottom, make sure everything's okay. Don't make it the mission-critical computer that people are spending five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 for. Why do it that way? Or Apple offers it both ways. In fact, we're going to find out what John has to say about that in our next segment. That's John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. Listen to previous episodes of the Tech Night Out Live where Brian Chaffin gives you his point of view about ARM-based Mac Pros. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Hey guys, it's Scott Bauer here, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy. Are you looking for a super hot stock tip? Here at Prosper, we are always looking for exciting opportunities in the markets. And right now, all my students are salivating over this stock we are watching. In fact, I've got this hot stock written down right here, and I'm about to text it to you for free. I just need to know where to send it. Simply text HOT to 48542 and I'll text it to you instantly. How do I know this stock is so hot? Well, I'm a former CBOE market maker for Amazon Options, former vice president of Goldman Sachs, and I have over 25 years of professional trading experience. I'm telling you, this stock is hot. But be warned, the stock may move soon, so you need to claim it before it does. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Text HOT to 48542, and I'll text you this hot stock instantly. Message and data rates may apply. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. 
We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637 GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637 We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com That's news at technightowl.com Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So, John, final segment here. What do you think about this? Do you think that Apple might have two versions of the Mac Pro? No. I think if you're going to go ARM, the machine you want to pick is the machine you have the most technical latitude and the most price flexibility with. It could be that Apple's going to do something. I've been talking about this for a while. Apple's going to do something uh, interesting, like do a multi-processing ARM machine where you've got 16 cores. Each core has multiple threads, and you have a whole lot of threads. And it's virtually a, a supercomputer. The payoff is, is that you don't generate a lot of heat, but you get a lot of power out of it because ARM is pretty low power output compared to Intel. Whereas if you put an ARM chip into a MacBook Pro prematurely, then you're going to have issues with virtual machines. You're going to have issues with boot camp. You're going to have issues with running legacy Windows code or booting, booting from Windows. And consumer machine you have these concerns about being able to run Windows and being able to run Linux on a MacBook Pro. And that's probably not the place to start. If they can include all these engineering niceties, like a virtual machine hardware in the ARM chip, and maybe not be so worried about being able to run Windows on a Unix workstation class computer that's almost a supercomputer, where people would be running most exclusively Mac OS X, so I think uh, maybe it's not such a great idea to start with the MacBook Pros. You, know, and you don't want to price them. You don't want to, you're going to have engineering costs to recoup. You don't want to price your MacBook Pros out of the market because that's a big sales item. That's my tentative theory on why the Mac Pro will go ARM first. Well, it's an interesting theory, and I expect we're in April now. Two months, we'll know whether you were right. And if you're not right, it's no big deal. That's okay, too. It's not important to be right. It's important to think and predict and test your skills and to play out scenarios and ponder 
That's the fun part. Especially this, I think it's kind of a unique theory. I don't see it being bandied about in too many places. And I'm happy to talk with you guys about it because it's intriguing. It doesn't mean I would be any more inclined to buy a Mac Pro. I did that in the days I actually had money. And I could afford to have the latest and greatest Mac. We have to do what we have to do. And today we have to look at things that are more economical solutions. So I'm not the audience for the Mac Pro. You know, I haven't been the audience for a Mac Pro in, you know, 12,000 years. Fortunately, we have a new Mac Mini. The timing is good for that because we didn't want to have to choose between a 2013 Mac Pro and a 2019 Mac Pro if we are the kind of people who need to attach our own multiple displays. And so the Mac Mini now has a, has a powerful computer. It compares favorably to the 2013 Mac Pro when the Mac Mini has got the highest level processor. So if you can't afford a Mac Pro from 2019, but your 2013 Mac Pro is aging and maybe can't run the latest version of Mac OS, then you've got an alternative in the Mac Mini. So that's good news. I can't wait to see how this works out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Another processor switch, but that's Intel's fault. <laughs> well, you know, I think Apple's had trouble over the years with Intel's roadmap and and when they roll out their processors and when Apple needs the processor and when Intel's able to deliver it in quantity. That's probably why the... Um, the new 2019 iMacs, only two of them have nine, only two models have ninth generation Intel CPUs, I, the i9. So, and there's an i5 in there that's, that's coffee like refresh, but Apple always seems to have peculiarities in picking out its models uh, of chips when there's a new uh, Mac coming out. And I think it's because Apple has specific technical requirements and quantity requirements that have to match Intel's production line. And I think those get out of sync often, and Apple's frustrated, and Mac products come out later than Apple would wish. So if Apple can build its own CPUs, it can be vertically integrated, and it can control the architecture of its Macs and when it ships. Well, of course, Apple now has its own graphics on iPhones and iPads. So does that mean that AMD better look at the handwriting on the wall? Yep, I think so. Apple's going to build all the graphics and all the CPUs in the future. And the 5G modems in the phone. <laughs> yep. So this lawsuit with Qualcomm will only encourage Apple to get out of that. I read the other day that Apple hired a huge team, like over a thousand engineers, to develop their own 5G modem in case Intel flubs. And I bet a lot of them worked for Intel at one time, or AMD. Mm -hmm. I'm saying a lot of them, I think, could have worked for AMD or Intel, right? How many ex-Intel engineers work with Apple or Qualcomm or any of these companies? But yeah, yeah, we read a couple months ago about Apple opening up a uh, engineering R&D center right in Qualcomm's backyard, I think. Well, I just think also... Maybe they could have picked other locations, but that really sends psychological vibes. Yeah, right. Sending vibes to Qualcomm. Hey, it doesn't matter what you do. We have a lot lot more money than you can, than you can come up with. We can buy and sell you, and you're replaced. That's it. Just enjoy it while you can. 
have to comply with California law about stealing employees. But like you said, just the psychological effect of being there. So, I mean, there's a famous story about Emmanuel Lasker, the chess player, and he would always chop on a cigar. And the opponents were uh, always worried that he would light it up and blow smoke in their face. And the tournament directors always said, it's, it's not legal to smoke a cigar while you're playing an opponent or a cigarette. So Lasker would say, well, I, I'm not lighting up the cigar. I'm just threatening to. Hey, John Martellero, please tell our listeners, if they want to know more about the good stuff you do, where do they go? Come and see me at the MacObserver.com. MacObserver, one word, dot com. Quickly, anything coming up we should know about in the next week or two? Like what? Some type of coverage, or is it just going to be the news of the day? No, I'm just saying if there's any the special features and things we should look for at the Mac Observer. You know, quick response. Oh, business as usual. Coverage. I think we're coming up on the quarterly report here pretty soon. I think it's April 30th. Other than that, we're waiting for WWDC. I don't think there'll be any products shipped between now and WWDC. I think at WWDC, we may get a glimpse of the Mac Pro. We may get a glimpse of the new 6K monitor, but it won't. Uh, they won't ship until fall. John Martellero, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Now Live. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Robin Walensky. President Trump sending more troops to the U.S.-Mexico border and is considering a plan to release illegal aliens into sanctuary cities like San Francisco, where House Speaker Nancy Pelosi lives. President Trump tweeting a video of Minnesota Congresswoman Democrat Ilhan Omar making her statement that some people did something on 9-11. She never mentions radical Islamic terrorists. Now edited into this video, actual footage from the terrorist attack, 17 and a half years ago. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something. Oh, there's another one. Another plane just hit. (gasps) Some people did something. 
Oh my goodness, there is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. Some people did something. And President Trump tweeting above the video in all caps, we will never forget. You're listening to USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So riddle me this, Peter Cohen. Does anyone really care about Oprah Winfrey? coming up with new shows for Apple's TV plus. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, I think that, that there's certainly a, 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 an audience for it. And I think that that's why, um, Apple, uh, was so anxious to appeal to those folks during the event. You know, it's, it's, it, it's weird. It, 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 the, the event kind of didn't really connect with me, but I understood what they were going for. People over 50. <laughs> yeah, there you, there you go. You know, Oprah's got a lot of cachet. Um, you know, Tim Tim Cook is obviously really infatuated uh, with her as well. And there's no question that, that you know, she's got a big presence in, uh, uh, in the general market. So she brings a lot of clout uh, to Apple's announcement. But, you know, I found the whole thing uh, to be kind of a, uh, a weird flex um, from, from Apple because uh, I wasn't quite sure why they were pitching us um, these shows the way that they were. I, it didn't quite make sense to me. The thing here is that most of the shows are to older people. I mean, look at J.J. Abrams. What has he done lately? He did Lost. 
He did Felicity. He did Alias. He directed two of the Star Wars films. Steven Spielberg, they want to bring back a 30-year-old anthology show that only lasted two years. Well, hey, look, if uh, this leads to a resurrection of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, I wouldn't mind. Okay. As long as they don't try to CGI Neil Patrick Flannery into being 20 years old again or anything like that, that would be creepy. So what are they doing here with, with Carrie Fisher? That's weird. Right, yeah. I mean, Neil Patrick Flannery has the advantage of still being alive, of course. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what, what happens here. You know, it, it, when, when Netflix pivoted from going from uh, go, going into, into more of its own um, uh, content, I think a lot of people, you know, scratched their head and wondered if Netflix had the chops to, uh, you know, go head to head with uh, – uh, the big uh, production studios or even television production studios. And now nobody questions that Netflix is a big player uh, in the streaming media space. So, uh, you know, let's, let's uh, you know, it's good to be skeptical, I think. Anytime um, Apple or anyone else introduces um, uh, a new product like this, but I, I think we, we have to take the long view also and understand why Apple's doing it. Um, and... Um, you know, the resources that they brought to bear um, to, to, to make this happen. Well, again, we have to see exactly where this goes. I mean, when was the last successful film from M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a showcase for Spielberg and his friends. Um, and and it, what, what struck me as, as particularly tone deaf about that is this coming on, on the heels days after uh, Spielberg said that um, uh, some content from Netflix should be uh, excluded from consideration for awards because of, um, uh, you know, it's 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 position as, as streaming content. So it, it's just it's 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 funny to see uh, uh, both sides of it. Um, with the perspective of of a couple of days well i guess that's why you know you're you're uh you're 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 not exactly uh gung-ho on netflix right now okay it makes a lot more sense therefore it becomes just another hollywood bigwig for better or worse but that's also well, true of jj yeah. abrams because most of his credits are production ronald d moore i like because he did the revised Battlestar galactica Mm -hmm. Although the last few episodes I thought were muddled messes, but that's me. Yeah, everybody brings their strengths and uh, um, and challenges um, to this new space. Um, but Apple has definitely um, coordinated some A-list talent, that's for sure. Some big stars. I wonder what they'll do to go after the younger audience, though. All right? That would be interesting. Now, we have, of course, Apple... Licensing AirPlay 2 and the Apple TV app to TV makers. Also to Roku and Amazon. So they'll be on Roku and Amazon devices. So Apple TV, the set-top box doesn't matter so much anymore. As far as going on your smart TV set, it will be Samsung, LG, Sony, and Vizio, as far as I recall. I did ask Vizio how far back will they go with their sets? They have a SmartCast feature based on Google te Google technology where you can download upgraded apps. And they told me it will be available for all sets starting in 2016. So for 2016, 17, 18, and 19, 
four years of sets for Vizio will be eligible. I don't know about the rest of the companies. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a very interesting data point. I didn't realize that. Something that just occurred to me. Seriously. Mm-hmm. No, I wanted to check it because it means to them that people who have recent sets don't have to buy new ones because because they know people are not going to buy a new TV set just to have Apple TV on it. Obviously, yeah. It's got to be a, a, a reason for them to do it. So they keep the sets, what, six to ten years? Even the switch to 4K, most people don't notice, but if people want to buy a new set, you get 4K. Isn't that spectacular? So they do that. So I see what Apple's doing to get their service in front of many eyeballs as possible. Mm-hmm. Realizing that the Apple TV set-top box is really not done very well. So this way they have another way to get their services into everybody's hands. If it's available on all the recent TVs as a downloadable upgrade. In fact, Vizio is offering me a beta test to beta test the software on my set. So I'm going to check about that. Listen, that sounds interesting, but no details are fleshed out. We just have some flash and very little substance. We have the big stars that appeal to people over 50, and that's about it. Not much else. Well, you know, Gene, I mean, that, that you know, in terms of uh, all, all hat and no cattle, that was sort of uh, the, 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 um, the, the running consistent theme of, of this, this announcement. I mean, it, okay, so um, Apple TV, the, the, the new TV app, that was featured in the presentation um, is available to people who are beta testing uh, the new version of uh, of iOS that's currently available. So if if you've downloaded the the latest uh, the latest beta of iOS, and you know it's a, it's a public beta, there there are tens if not hundreds of thousands of people out there enrolled in it right now who who've got it. Um, you're you're playing with the new TV app now, and that'll be a, a, available as a general release for everyone else. Uh, when that's ready, uh, ostensibly sometime in in the next few weeks. But um, you know the 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 thing that makes this interesting for me is that we we didn't really hear a lot of details about how Apple Arcade, for example, which was another announcement that was made, is really going to work either from the developer standpoint or from the user standpoint. There are a lot of details that that just that Apple didn't flesh out. They just wanted to announce it out there. They wanted to get the word out there. They wanted to get the name out there. You know, they, they wanted that brand identification of Apple Arcade and you know Apple TV Plus and uh, and so on. But they, they they've kind of left us hanging with all of the important information. And look, uh, the the month if the last time I checked is still March. It's not June. We're not at the point where Apple is ready to have its grand unveiling at the Worldwide Developers Conference, where it opens the kimono a little bit and gives us a look inside the technology. Uh, you know, a practical understanding a little bit more, um, you know, especially from the developer standpoint, uh, as to how these new technologies work and where the hooks are and how the secret sauce is made. Right, so we're we're still we're still a couple of months away from that, um, but that also I think left a lot of us, like you and me, Gene, as evidenced by our current conversation, uh, kind of scratching our heads, going, "Yeah, okay, so is that all there is?" But we have five more segments to spend with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live.
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Just visit startlivingyoung.com and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health company with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to succeed. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens, and we're proud to promote amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Visit GCNLife.com for products like Luminess. The Luminess Anti-Aging Skincare line restores youthful vitality and radiance to your skin, reducing the appearances of fine lines and wrinkles with stem cell technology. There's also Instantly Ageless, which works within two minutes, reducing under-eye bags, fine lines, wrinkles, and pores. Jeunesse has products to help you with how you look and feel in a very short time. Noble-nominated Dr. Vincent Jampapa has designed several products helping the body perform better. Jeunesse products have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and they're available up to a 25% preferred price discount. See all of the amazing Jeunesse products at GCNLife.com or call toll-free 1-844-443-6637. 1-844-443-6637. 
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Now, the problem I see with any more streaming services is that the market's getting crowded. There's a lot of exclusivity among streamers. So a lot of Disney content is disappearing from Netflix because Disney's introducing their own service. Disney now owns 40% of the movie industry. They bought the studio and the archives in 20th Century Fox from Rupert Murdoch. You add that to what they have, it's 40%. We have Comcast owns Universal and NBC. So we have Warner's owned by AT&T. We have just a very few sources for the major entertainment and obviously with cbs they got cbs all access for their stuff disney's going to keep them stuff so apple has to produce their own shows to make a difference but can they produce enough shows will you subscribe to apple tv to watch two shows this is why i don't watch cbs all access why pay any amount even 5.99 with commercials to see just star trek discovery there, it's not to say that they're a one-trick pony, but you know, at the time that that the new Star Trek series de- debuted, that was certainly my excuse for not wanting it. It's like, you know, what I don't see anything else on it that's compelling enough for me to want to upgrade or want want, want to subscribe to the service, and I'm not going to pay it just for this. And you know, I've revisited it a couple of times, and that's the thing. I, I think as 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 conscious, aware, and mindful consumers, it's uh, it, it's the obligation of all of us to stay informed about how this stuff works and what really sort of suits our budget and our tastes and so on. But let's face it, it's gotten from the consumer standpoint to be an infinitely more complicated experience than it used to be. I feel like it's the death of a thousand cuts at the end of the day. Like I understand the content creators all want to be paid for their efforts. And I absolutely agree that they should. And, you know, piracy is rampant on the internet. BitTorrent, you know, is still a major way for people to get a hold of content that they don't deserve because they haven't paid for. And I want to make sure that everybody gets paid fairly because I want to see these industries thrive. I want to see the content creators in these industries, you know, the, the, the people who are actually making these shows, you know, continue to, to be able to make them. But there's got to be some kind of equitable relationship there. So I think that it's interesting that one of the announcements, one of the uh, positioning statements that Apple really had all with all this is, look, if you want to pay, you know, in bulk, then great, go do that. Otherwise, we can simplify the process for you here. And then you can pick and choose what you want. Well, you know, the problem as I see it is that in terms of my budget, I'm already tithing to Comcast. Comcast is the new Microsoft, really, when you think about it, uh, to Comcast every month, because they're my cable and internet provider. And there are no other options in this area that are even close to comparable. Like, it's, it's either this or DSL, you know, where I live. 
Now, you can castigate me for living in the middle of nowhere and in a technological desert, but the bottom line is there are a lot of communities like this one where you only have one option for a high-speed internet access provider, and that guy, that guy is going to be the same one who gives you ostensibly telephone and television service, and they're going to force you to eat their triple play packages in order to make it worthwhile for you to do it. Because if you try to a la carte it from them, you still get ripped off every month. Or you don't get content that you need. Like, you know, for us, it's local channels. We need local channels because we want to be able to get news, traffic, and weather reports that are specific to our area. So there's always some way that they have to get you, but it's really the death of a thousand cuts, Gene, and I've had enough of it. I'm ready to take my mud hut and go live in the woods away from all this technology nonsense. Wouldn't it be nice to go back 40 years and not have to <laughs> yeah. worry about our stupid smartphones? You know, I, I don't know about that. I, I'm very happy with, you know, living in the current technological era, but I wish that we hadn't balkanized the way we consume entertainment quite like we have. I really think that it's a mistake, and I don't think it's consumer-friendly. Um, and I, in fact, I think it's pretty consumer-hostile at the end of the day. But on the other hand, we have an extraordinarily an extraordinary wealth of content that we've never had in any of our lifetimes, right? We have access to more great series, uh, television series, and uh, you know, feature films and feature-length content and miniseries and um, interactive products like Bander, like uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch on Netflix. Uh, you know, there, there's all sorts of envelope pushing, both in terms of the way that the content is delivered to us and what content is being delivered to us that makes it very exciting to live in this time right now. But it does become very expensive if you become a regular consumer of it. And if there are things that you want, oh, I got to subscribe to Hulu to get this one. Oh, I got to subscribe to Netflix to get this one. Oh, this one's only on Amazon Prime. Well, damn, man, you know, how much are you going to rook me for every month? This is supposed to be cord cutting, meaning that you wouldn't have to pay the ransom by the cable or TV provider. So we have 20,000 different streaming services. You add the price up. And where are you? Instead of having one interface with a cable or satellite box, you have 10 interfaces, 10 designs, 10 services with each having their own capabilities. I mean, that was a part of the joys of the Apple TV set-top box being able to search among your content. But isn't it just as easy to take the cable DVR or satellite DVR and take one remote and just scan through it? I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, I think about how I consume um, content, and I don't know if I'm uh, typical or atypical, but there's streaming content that I like, and all of my devices, you know, my my X1 box from Comcast, my Apple TV, um, you know, all the other devices that I use to stream content um, are plugged into our Netflix account and our Amazon Prime account, and you know, generally finding the, the stuff that we want to watch isn't really the problem. And even finding our way to that content isn't the problem. You know, it's, it's whether you're using the Apple TV or, or any of these other systems, they really do, you know, in many cases, try to make it as invisible for you as possible to just get near the content that you want. Um, but, you know, then you end up with these gate keepers in the way like oh this is a star series you know you've got to subscribe to stars if you want that um 
So seeing aggregation there, I think is very helpful. Um, and you know, it's sort of a, uh, I, I guess it's, it's a return to a simpler time when we paid one cable bill and got access to everything. You see, and of course, some of the cable companies also offer Netflix as part of the package. So you get the best of both worlds there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, I, I look at a friend of mine who um, is, um, you know, in a, in a different income bracket than I am. And uh, it, it made sense for him just to max out his package with his cable company. And he's got everything. You know, including the smart TV, they can pretty much do everything. And I think that that's one of the really great things about Apple abstracting Apple TV from the set-top box experience. It's very smart, and it's actually long overdue, right? Apple TV needs to be a service. It needs to be a service that's that's ubiquitous, you know, but Apple's got to make Apple TV worth paying for. Now, there's still going to be a place for the Apple TV set-top box, right? Because that thing can do things that a an Apple TV or an, an, Apple, uh, an Apple TV app on a device like a television can't, right? Because it's more sophisticated hardware, because it's got more capabilities. How many people use those capabilities? Yeah, that's the question, right? I mean, I, I, I know I do, but I don't think that I'm very typical in that regard. Heck, I even went out and bought a game controller to work with my Apple TV. How about them apples? You're a gamer person. Did that's they ever right, have right? a compelling game on Apple TV? Oh, Apple TV games are fun. And, you know, this is the, this is the thing that makes Apple Arcade so fascinating for me, Gene. Um, and I, I'm hoping that we'll get a chance to talk about Apple Arcade more in depth in, a few, in, in, uh, in an upcoming segment. Um, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of compelling game experiences for Apple TV, but I think that they go very underutilized and very underemphasized for the user. I don't think that the discovery process on Apple TV um, is particularly great. I don't think that the Siri controller is really the right controller either. And actually, you know, I, I had multiple reasons for getting that MFI compatible controller that I got for my my Apple TV. It's called a, uh, a Nimbus from Steel Series. Uh, one of the reasons why i picked it up is because it works on the mac and um uh it's it's interesting to be able to use mfi compatible games um uh on the mac with this controller as well so it's got multiple purposes but um it it, it made me realize how poor that siri remote is as a game interface it really makes it awful <laughs> <laughs> you know, in many cases. So there are good games that I think go underplayed on the Apple TV simply because the default controller, which you have to support because everybody's got one, is not to the, da- the task. We've, we've got more to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. 
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Homemakers, groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So you'll be a subscriber to Apple Arcade, right? Absolutely, on day one for sure. I want the truth. <laughs> Well, let's back up and talk a little bit about Apple Arcade because that was something that 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 flashed by. It didn't flash by. It was there for a few minutes. Um, on on the uh, um, the the event floor that I thought was really interesting. Apple Arcade is is this this subscription based uh, game service that Apple will be rolling out this fall. Um, I'm assuming based on the fact that it's rolling out this fall that it's going to be commensurate with the new versions of iOS, macOS, tvOS that we're going to get. Um, the ones that are going to be introduced, with, like I said in an earlier segment at W. WDC. So, um, uh, Apple Arcade uh, is going to have uh, at least 100 games um, at launch, I believe, that are going to run on uh, your Apple TV, um, your iOS device, so your iPhone or your iPad, and also your Mac. And this is what makes it particularly interesting for me, because it is non-trivial to get an iOS game a game that 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 is ready to rock on an iPhone or an iPad to work on the Mac. You can't just flip a switch and say, "Okay, there, it's done," because control input systems are different between the Mac and the iPad or the iPhone. Uh, you know, one is a touch interface; the other is a is a, a mouse or trackpad driven interface. That's one practical example. There are a lot of other underlying architectural differences between the two operating systems that make that a non-trivial process. Now, people do it. You will see games in the Mac App Store that are clearly ports of iOS games, but they generally take a little bit of refitting to work, and it isn't a just cookie-cutter process or an automated process to have happen. That is one very interesting thing. So Apple has developed a pipeline to make those games work more smoothly between platforms. That is 
data point one that's very interesting. Data point two that was very interesting for me is that Apple said in its press release announcing that Apple Arcade, that it's putting its money where its mouth is, quite literally. It is helping to fund and helping to develop games for this new service that it's rolling out. So this is a sea change for Apple. Longtime developers of Apple uh, or of, of games designed to run on Apple hardware would tell you that Apple has taken a very church and state, state approach to the funding and development of games for its platform. And it's done this for a very, I think, salient tactical reason because the suspicion was that if Apple paid developer X to bring a game to the Macintosh, other developers would refuse to develop for the Mac platform unless Apple paid them. So Apple would basically have to ransom the PC game industry to get anything. So Apple's kind of left Mac gaming, for example, to fend for itself, but it's never really backed the development of a first-party studio. This is not uncommon in the game community, right? Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft all own developers that create products for their own platforms or have started developers who the first party developers developers subsidiaries that created software for their platforms you know apple has claris <laughs> and, uh, you know the, the the old claris you know and filemaker filemaker is a wholly owned subsidiary of apple that that's kind of the closest parallel uh to it but you see what i'm saying so for them to actually step up uh, with in this case independent developers some uh, indie small developers, some medium-sized developers, some big um, content houses that have huge brands to, to actually fund the development of these games. That is really, really interesting to me. That, that uh, I think, I don't want to overstate it, but my suspicion is that, that that's kind of a, a real uh, change at the top from Apple for them to actually do that. I know nothing about games. But if Apple can get something going there, hey, what the hey? What about Apple News Plus? So Apple News, you know, offers you um, access to over um, 200 uh, titles, uh, magazines, uh, newspapers, not a lot of newspapers, but some. Um, and the important thing to under- for, for $10 a month. Uh, and the important thing to understand here is that it's curated, right? So it's not the complete content of each publication. Um, it's curated content. It's it's handpicked by Apple ostensibly, and of course, you know, vetted through the uh, the publisher as well. Uh, but the idea is to give you a taste of of you know what you're getting from everyone's. But it's it's a lot of in depth content. It's feature content. It's not like it's annotated. It's not like it's uh, it's truncated or changed in any way. Um, but it is curated. In some cases, um, and in many cases, the publications are actually in a format. Um, have the the, the content um, has been produced in a format that Apple displays in the news app natively, um, so it can use all of the Apple News app features to uh, to show you the content. In other cases, um, it's simple PDF reproductions of the actual print magazines that you're looking at. Um, which is a much rougher experience, I think, for for, for most of us uh, than the way that Apple News works. Um, but it 
it, it, it's a certainly a, a great um, alternative for people who are looking for um, easy access to that content. I've actually been pretty surprised with how much I've used Apple News just on my Macintosh running Mojave since they introduced it uh, with Mojave's release last last fall. Um, I'm a big RSS uh, newsreader fan. In fact, Net Newswire is an app that I've used for years and still really rely on to stay informed about what's going on on all the different websites uh, whose content I care about. But more and more, I've been clicking on that N um, uh, uh, icon in my dock because Apple News um, uh, is presented in a format that makes it very easy to scroll through. It's very human scannable. It's very human readable. Um, it's populated with rich text and rich, me rich media. It makes it very easy to look at that content, both on my Mac and my iPhone. Um, so I understand the evolution of this, and I think that it's very smart. I am not too worried about the fact that it's curated, because who has time to read 300 publications like ever in their life? That's a lot of bathroom reading. I'm not that constipated, fortunately. Your mileage may vary. We don't want to talk about the C word here. Okay? Anyway, I don't see that I see enough material that I read that I need to buy something more. In terms of Apple TV Plus, if I have spare whatever it's going to cost, I don't know that I have time to watch anything more. And Apple is entering a very crowded marketplace. So the question is here, can they make a difference? And will that difference make a difference for them? Let's move away from the services briefly here and look at these hardware announcements where Apple's playing catch-up. So we didn't get a new iMac last year. We get one. We get mm -hmm. an iPad Air that I want to talk about, an iPad Mini 5 that costs more than the cheapest iPad. So it's $399. There's an iPad unchanged from last year for $329, a full-size iPad. I can't understand that. Yeah, you know, iPad, uh, the iPad product lineup has gotten a lot messier um, since the introduction of the Pro models. And um, the, there are a couple of obvious things to say here. The iPad mini was long overdue for a refresh. The iPad mini had not been updated since, I think, 2016 or something like that. It was an old iPad. It really needed to change. Um, so, uh, you know, the, I'm, I'm glad that I, that, that Apple brought it forward. I'm glad that Apple has really kind of modernized the iPad too. It's, it's, uh, the iPad mini too, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a much more competent, uh, device. It is, um, priced in the seven inch range in astronomical in an astronomical area but um you know that's because kindle really kind of commodified that space and um took all the the heat and light out of it you know this is, but there there's only one premium seven inch tablet maker really and that's apple um uh i think that um you know, with regards to the iMac, yeah, I mean, look, Apple is increasingly hampered by factors completely out of its control, um, you know, such as the glacial pace that Intel is really making right now and differentiating its, its, its processors. Let me let's um, continue, that. Let's continue that in our next segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Now Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We continue with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night How Live. And in case you missed the previous segment, we were talking about Intel and the glacial pace at which they're developing new processors. Peter? Yeah, I mean, you know, Moore's Law, whatever. Uh, you know, it, it was we were able to, to sort of run a, a rat race for, uh, you know, processor increases for a very long time and haven't been able to do that in a while. Now, this new iMac refresh that Apple introduced, um, uh, Apple's, you know, top line message was that I, I, iMacs get a, a 2x performance boost. Um, and that's a pretty dramatic claim to make. So let's unpack that a little bit. They, they've upgraded the Intel um, core processors that are inside uh, the iMacs to, to new uh, eight-core hardware. Um, there, there's some nice performance improvements throughout. But really, a, the, one of the, the, the phrases that, that pops out at me from uh, the introduction of it is that it delivers dramatic increases in both compute and graphics performance. You see... More and more, the the processor itself is is not necessarily the be all end all measure of the the overall performance of a computer, whether it's an iMac or a MacBook Pro or a a Mac Pro uh, or a Mac Mini or whatever. It's 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 also dependent on the other processors that are inside of it. And in the case of the iMac, the iMac is actually equipped, at least in, in some configurations, with really really powerful graphics processors. Well, that doesn't just make applications that use graphics processors like video editing applications or graphics um, applications or games or what have you. Not just those, but more and more applications and system processes that are optimized um, for heavily parallel environments, like the sort of processors that are that are used in these uh, these graphics subsystems. So those can be used as sort of an adjunct to the central processing unit inside the Mac as well, and really provide incredible levels of performance. So when you unpack it a little bit, um, it's understandable why Apple is saying that, that these new Macs are, are, are 2x across the board. But yeah, you know, Apple is, is, is one way or the other is, is is sort of forced into lockstep with what the rest of the industry is doing because the Mac is still dependent on Intel hardware. Our friend Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer suggested that one of the reasons why the Mac Pro has been delayed, that Apple is trying to make it work with a modified A-series processor. He says it's going to be an A-series processor, the first Mac. What's your perception? That's got to be controversial. Yeah, it's absolutely controversial. But look, Apple has handled that transition actually a number of times, right? Because the Macintosh, the, the, the original Macintosh, the 1984 Macintosh, w- was introduced with a 68,000 series processor from Motorola. And of course, uh, Apple iterated through that series of designs and then eventually worked with IBM and Motorola to create the PowerPC chip, which made the Mac work for a number of years and transitioned developers and users through those 
regime changes each time. They did it again in 2006 when they switched from the PowerPC architecture to the Intel architecture. So Apple has this process down, and Apple has done a lot to enable that to sort of work in a very sophisticated and seamless way um, for a lot of its users, even though, you know, it's been transitionary for developers and in many cases uh, for platforms when that's happened. But look, the technology is there, the brain power is there in Cupertino to manage it. I'm not actually worried, or I don't really think of it as a controversial issue, just more of an issue of timing. And the timing ultimately is affected by a few factors, some within Apple's control and some without. First of all, it's the development of an A-series processor, or maybe an M-series processor for one that can run on the Macintosh that's built like that processor, but even more sophisticated uh, or more high performance than uh, the ones that it puts in phones. You know, something that is designed for, you know, desktop use, something that is designed for use in a larger mobile device like the laptop. That's very conceivable. I have no doubt that Apple's working on that. And I have no doubt that Apple is nearing the point where the silicon that it has for these other products are, you know, comparable in performance to what a good, really good, well-configured Mac can do. Once we're at that point, I think it'll be less of a uh, of a uh, of a big issue. One thing that does kind of concern me, though, or one one of many things that concerns me is what the developer transition process looks like at that point, because uh, that that's that's often where Apple has run into problems before. But you know, like I said, it's it should be old hat at this point because it, it seems to happen generationally within how Apple works. Of course, we see that. Intel can't even get 10 nanometer processors out, and Apple's down to seven. Yeah, yeah. You know, not, and, and it's not an apples to apples comparison, pardon the pun. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's difficult, or it's, 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 it's interesting to see the juxtaposition when you're scaling from two different directions. The thing I wonder about here if Apple goes A series, not that they can't do it, not that it wouldn't offer great performance, but what happens to virtualization? The ability to run, of course, Windows software on a Mac at really good speed. Yeah, because it, that, that functionality is something that really helps um, the, the Macintosh uh, work well, in, especially in corporate IT um you know where th there are a lot of processes workflows and systems that require uh some level of windows use so uh, you know virtualization is possible well it, what's the performance like who knows we'll see but um you know this is a manageable task now uh given current hardware i imagine that um any future hardware would 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 also make it manageable in some way also, when we evaluate the speed of the A-series processor, we're looking, we're looking at products that are very, very seriously resource-constrained. You know, an iPhone, iPads. Imagine that thing ran at full bore. What is its capability? Well, yeah, resource-constrained in the sense of, of having limited access to power, right? And also um, constrained in terms of how much heat um, it can produce because it, it, it's in a very small um, enclosure. So the uh, issue of scalability is uh, um, 
is 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 no longer a problem, right? You get a lot more real estate to work with, um, even in a small desktop computer, than you do in a phone or even a tablet. So, um, or uh, for that matter, even a 13-inch laptop. So, um, it, yeah, a- a- absolutely, it can it can scale very differently in those different environments. Also, if Apple were to have some kind of emulation, which they will, would they try to use the graphics hardware to enhance performance? Well, Apple's here's here's the interesting thing about um, Apple's transition. I'll tell you what. Let with, me let me let me just move this to the next segment. We got more okay, with yeah. Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNlife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNlife.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump has lit a political firestorm, admitting that the administration has discussed the idea of moving migrant detainees to cities that protect illegal immigrants. He wants to bring a change to the immigration policy. California certainly is always saying, oh, we want more people, and they want more people in their sanctuary cities. Well, we'll give them more people. We can give them a lot. We can give them an unlimited supply. California is home to several sanctuary cities which refuse to cooperate with federal immigration officials. The president's position appeared to catch DHS officials off guard. Critics say the president is using migrants as pawns to go after political opponents. Democratic presidential contender Pete Buttigieg has blasted Vice President Mike Pence's cultural and religious conservatism. Pence said they used to have a great working relationship. This is USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power and Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. 
We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381-800-941-3381-800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 what's going to happen next you never know when you're listening to the tech night owl live with gene steinberg So my question at the end of the last segment was, does Apple move any of this virtualization or emulation to the graphics processors? Peter? I think that there's no question. Yeah, I mean, as long as graphics processors are being used, and of course, you know, there's graphics processor technology built into um, the the, the A-series stuff that, that Apple puts in iPhone. So... Yeah, scales there um, can scale into into other hardware as well where Apple needs it. And of course, uh, Apple's Metal API is maturing more and more. It's 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 very mature on uh, on iOS and really getting there too on the Mac. Also, we're seeing a lot of new games come out um, on the Mac platform. Um, just in this past year that are optimized for 64-bit uh, systems that have been. Um, uh, configured to use uh, the Metal uh, Graphics API that Apple has uh, has been promoting on the Mac platform after it deprecated OpenGL, and uh, we're seeing some really really incredible results. So, I I, I have I expect that Apple uh, would definitely plan on in, in in a situation like that trying to harness as much compute power across as many systems as possible um, to achieve a really good experience for the user for sure what do you think of the chances anything like that is going to happen is that the reason the mac pro has taken so long to produce no i, I don't think so I, I think Apple will release the Mac Pro when it wants to release the Mac Pro, and whatever the Mac Pro has inside, it's going to have inside. You know, it, you don't. Uh, Apple has broadcast uh, what it's doing about the Mac Pro, I think, in a very appropriate way. And when we're when it's ready to to present it uh, to the world, I think that uh, those of us that are interested in it are certainly going to latch onto it. And uh, you know, it's going to happen sometime this year. Apple's already said that that's the case. Will it happen in June or will it happen prior to or after that? I don't know. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that particular announcement with an almost um, obscene amount of glee. 
But at least Apple appears to be back in the Mac business. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed, you know. Which is better than what we used to deal with them. The iPad upgrade. Now, that looks to be what? 90% of the iPad Pro as an iPad Air for $300 less. Yeah, you know, the iPad Air, it's interesting that they're just calling it the iPad Air, not the Air 3, I guess it would be, right? You know, because this is the, the third iteration of the iPad Air, is it not? Well, the question would be then, with this option, how many people would even care about getting an iPad Pro? Well, you know, as we've discussed on, on previous shows, um, Gene, I've got some experience um, uh, selling uh, and servicing these things in the field. Um, and uh, my experience has been that there, there is a very steady um, and pretty predictable um, market for uh, new iPads across multiple um, uh, size um ranges and multiple price points um you know the people are definitely drawn into the stores to check out the ipad pro they want to see if it's for them they want to try to understand how the pro is differentiated from the other ipads um i'm not sure that apple really needed to kind of uh, ipad mini sure fine and we talked about that in another segment i don't really know that apple needed to go ipad air versus just regular ipad why is it keeping around the ipad not exactly sure. That really seems like the odd duck out right now. Wouldn't be surprising to see that kind of go away fairly quickly. But, you know, maybe it's just a question of, of how much channel inventory Apple has on that. We'll see. Well, there we go with the Macs, with iPads. Apple caught up on most of its hardware. And we never know what's going to happen next. All right. I noticed here, maybe you have a comment on it too. Samsung is warning of an earnings shortfall because of lower sales on smartphones and also on components. Of course, when Apple announced that, the world was about to end. Samsung gets one story and that's it. And the irony is that Samsung's... um or in so many other places that it's uh, probably of uh, significantly more uh, economic importance when Samsung says something like that versus Apple. Remember also, too, we're dealing with industry trends. Samsung certainly meets resistance in China. They're selling parts to other companies like Apple. So all this makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, you know, there there are a lot of indicators out there um, that this booming economy that we keep hearing about um, is 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 not all that it seems. Um, right? There's there's uh, the 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 tariff issues going on um, globally right now, uh, and many of the other global um, political and and economic uh, issues that are happening. Um, are having profound effects on companies like Apple, on companies like Samsung, on companies here in the United States, uh, besides Apple, uh, companies in Korea and China. Um, and and we're, we're seeing a lot of things shifting around. So, um, the, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how volatile um, uh, uh, the rest of 2019 is, uh, because there are some economic indicators that suggest that something may be 
uh, about to happen, not too far off in the future. You know that that uh, we could be moving into a recession phase. Um, you know, or or another. Uh, 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 um, uh, kind of economic crisis so we we just got to keep our ears and eyes peeled and uh make sure that we're doing everything we can to protect ourselves in the interim speaking of protecting ourselves facebook what was the latest something about housing discrimination what the heck is going on there? <laughs> oh man we're really jumping all over the place tonight huh gene well you look at it this way this is what's been in the news since we talked last. Facebook yeah, and, is I always mean, it screwing itself up. It looks like Facebook is coming from a corporate Bible that says, how can I screw myself up the most? <laughs> you know, I, 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 we're definitely moving into a different part of public scrutiny um, uh, with uh, with Facebook, and I think that that's a really good thing because I think that that carriers, I, or I think that, that that their 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 excuse that they're platforms and not carriers is is a load of baloney, right? There's no question that they aid in a bet. Uh, the uh, movement of certain information um, that they that they provide the the tools that people need to disseminate uh, in some cases is really dangerous and awful information um, uh, to a, a receptive audience of uh, uh, of, uh, of 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 similarly minded people and you know the it, 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 these these tools that that facebook has and that it makes available to its advertisers for example um aren't good or evil but their uh algorithms sure as hell are gamed one way or the other depending on the biases of the people who are programming them and i think that it, it gets really really dangerous really quickly so uh you know to to, to pick up the story um you know that that uh, HUD, you know, the Department of Housing and Urban Development sued Facebook this week um, for engaging in housing discrimination. And their their claim is that Facebook allows advertisers to restrict who's able to see ads on the platform based on race, religion, national origin. Those are filterable uh, features so you can adapt your ad to avoid particular groups that you don't want. Um, and that, of course, um, is a violation of the Fair Housing Act when it comes to advertising for, let's say, an apartment or a condo or even an Airbnb. You know um, what? Let's do our break and have the final segment. Facebook, housing discrimination. Who could have thunk it? With Peter Cohen and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny because they haven't chosen to take the first step towards the life they've always dreamed of. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Start small or dream big. Work part-time or full-time. You choose the pace. Just visit startlivingyoung.com. That's startlivingyoung.com. And click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health products company that spent five years on the Inc. 5,000 fastest-growing private companies in America list. With over a billion a year in sales, they'll provide all the tools you need to thrive and succeed. And you'll be blown away by how little it takes to get started. Visit StartLivingYoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab at the top of the page. 2019 will be the year your new life begins. Your destiny awaits at StartLivingYoung.com. It's time to start drinking Tahibo tea. Tahibo tea comes from the inner bark of the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. The Tahibo tree never gets sick, never gets infected, and never gets infested. As a result, it contains antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. Tahibo tea can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening condition due to infection, diabetes, or cancer. Every week, someone calls in with the story of another miraculous recovery. Order your Tahibo tea now for only $34.95 per pound plus shipping. One pound makes 300 servings, which is only 12 cents per cup. Call today, 818-883-7222. Again, 818-883-7222 or buy online at drinksupertea.com. That's drinksupertea.com. All orders ship the same day. Call now, 818-883-7222 or buy online at drinksupertea.com. I'm Holly Thomas, Group Vice President of Cause Marketing for Macy's. Every baby deserves the best possible start, but not all babies get one. March of Dimes is changing that. You can help us lead the fight for the health of all moms and babies. Join me and Macy's to March for Babies. Let's raise funds and be champions for families near and far. Together we are building a brighter future. Sign up for Macy's team today at marchforbabies.org. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With this particular housing and urban development department, 
You don't think they do anything. So if they're well, going I mean, after is, is, Facebook, they really must find something bad. Uh, this is the this is the um, the group that that's run by Ben Carson, who thinks that um, you know the Egyptians stored grain in pyramids back in the day. So you know that's it's Looney Tuneville anywhere you look at that level in this administration. But hey, look, a broken clock. Uh, can strike twice right a day uh, can strike right twice a day correct you know so let's give them credit where they're actually doing something important here but this is the point facebook twitter instagram all these services all these social media platforms that that we're using need to be much more tightly um analyzed by by government agencies they 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 need to be much more forthcoming uh with the algorithms that they're using for this stuff because this is a matter of public import when you've got the global reach that you do with facebook uh, this is an area where you really kind of have to treat it like a public utility or something close to it anyway so do you think though that people are just going to get sick of facebook well i don't want to sacrifice my privacy and all this other nonsense probably not i think that there's a certain segment of the population that just doesn't care that figures you know what privacy is an illusion um that's just you know people that's just busy work for people who worry about i don't care whatever at least i can you know send people birthday cards and at least people i can send people cat pictures and everything's good and you know what i have a certain amount of that sort of lackadaisical attitude towards it because i continue to use these platforms as well and i understand that my information is being quantified and and monetized and i understand that you know people can use the information that i'm posting but it still keeps me in touch with people who i i care to communicate with so we're all complicit in it and i think that that's part of the issue here is that we've all become so dependent on the technology it only makes sense that that technology has to be regulated in some meaningful way to make sure that it's not being used in a way that's nefarious except of course a place like facebook doesn't care really i mean they have to care when they're faced with possible lawsuits well corporations are people insofar as their legal rights are concerned but if that's the measure of a person then cor- then corporations are also by definition sociopaths because they're not concerned with the social welfare they don't have any empathy intrinsically you know they're just things that are trying to make money they're entities right so yeah i mean we've got to have a conscience about this stuff and we've got to be mindful of it and and when you've got the the power and influence that something like facebook has maybe you know dismantling it or taking it apart is the right idea and i'll go live in a mud hut in the woods someplace far away from civilization but you'll be outside of a cell phone area yeah so when the emp happens it won't make any difference well, if we live in the Matrix universe, we can just conjure up another universe. I do like the flavor of steak. You know what? We'll find a place where you can get the best prime beef for a dollar and a quarter. <laughs> there we go. But you'll go back in time to 1956. Now, then I can it. get a Rob Roy and smoke at the table. It was funny. I took a passenger via Uber, a chef who works at a major, major restaurant in North Scottsdale, Arizona. I talked to him about it. He says the top sirloin steak, or the top steak, period, ribeye, whatever. I'm not a steak expert. $89 plus the baked potato for $30. A family of four will go in there, $800 to $1,000. That's nuts. 
So I asked him, do you get a discount? He says, yes, I do, but I can't afford to eat at the restaurant I work for. It's like that scene in Restaurant at the End of the Universe when the cow that's going to be prepared for dinner introduces itself to the diners. That's what I would expect for $89. I would want an interview with my entree. I think if I'm going to pay $30 for a baked potato, somebody drives up from Idaho and brings it over and personally trims it and gets it ready. Yeah, I want to know the name of the potato. I want to know the soil that it was grown in. I want pH balances. I want a complete DNA report, definitely. A, a, certificate, a certificate of authenticity. At, at the very least. I, think, I don't think that that's you know, too much to ask for at all. For $30 for a baked potato. I think here we have to understand. People have the right to start restaurants and charge outrageous prices. People That's have a right to go to those outrageously priced restaurants and feel some kind of status. Well, the average person can't eat here. He may have to work a two weeks to feed a family of four here for one evening. You know, I when I was young and foolish, we took the family out to an expensive restaurant in Scottsdale, Arizona in the 1990s when I was doing pretty well. I was making good living from the various places I was writing for. And we went in there, I think it was like $120 for the three of us. I thought that was expensive. But yeah. What I- yeah. I mean, but, but different strokes for different folks. Of course, uh, all, you're right. People do have the right to do that. People have the right to uh, spend money on $30 baked potatoes. Uh, the rest of us have the right to ridicule, ridicule them when they do. Now, as someone who has been working for a third-party Apple dealer, well, I just drop in a few questions here. What kind of demand were you seeing for products? What was really getting the most attention? Still iPhones? Well, yeah. I mean, by and large, and this is reflected actually at Apple stores. If you walk into an Apple retail store, uh, you'll see some Macs. I mean, you'll see Mac showcased, and you'll see a, a triage area for Mac customers who are having issues. And uh, some days they even do, uh, you know, training for Mac users. But really, the 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 store is very um, is very focused on the high traffic, uh, high volume stuff, and that is really the iPhone. Um, and, you know, the the Apple Watch and stuff like that. But the iPhone is the center of of the Apple Store, and I think that that's reflected really throughout the ecosystem. System, you know, there are a lot more iPhone users with a lot more issues um, that that need addressing. Whether it's you know getting the right case or um, getting something fixed if it's not working right or what have you, than anything else. So that that's definitely um, reflected throughout the ecosystem. Now, as a third-party dealer, you offer full support in terms of repairs. Well, uh, here's the story, Gene. I haven't told you, but the third-party dealer that I worked for actually went out of business uh, about a month ago. I am now speaking in the past tense, interestingly. But there's a story there that I think is kind of separate from the third-party story in general, but a lot of common similarities I've noticed throughout the U.S., and that is that people are more and more redirecting themselves to go to Apple stores or talking to Apple directly um, and are finding less use for third-party resellers, unless they're big-box stores pushing volume stuff. You know, if you're a Best Buy or a Target, I'm sure that the numbers make sense for you to carry Apple things. But 
really more and more the ASPs, the authorized service providers that have, were once the center of Apple's network, have been pushed out more and more to the periphery. Kind of sad, kind of sad. Not yeah. just that a place is closing and people lose their jobs, but the way Apple treats them. Then again, dealers over the years didn't treat Apple so well. That's quite correct. Sure. It was a very adversarial relationship for a very long time. Tell our listeners, Peter Cohen, if people want to find out more of what you do, do you have anything online they can check out? No. Yes, actually, you can. Uh, my website is peter-cohen. That's peter-cohen.com. And uh, I can be found on most social networks as Florg. F as in Frank, L-A-R-G-H. You can find us on <laughs> Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. Gene Steinberg is still on Facebook until they decide to have something better. And, of course, we have Tech Night Owl Plus, the best way to support the show. We offer you every week, every single week, a version of the show free of network ads, better quality audio. Peter Cohen sounds even better than he does now. To learn more, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com for simple sign-up instructions. Again, the best way to support the Tech Night Owl Live, Tech Night Owl Plus. So, Peter Cohen, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.